friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. And pull over at Soto Vista. Soto Vista. Soto Vista. And you may have heard these guys. I don't know if they were doing it on the show at all, but they were talking like um, Jar Jar Binks. Not Jar Jar Binks. What's that guy's name? Soto Vista. Ochi Chobo Solo Soto Vista. So there are. I was on my way to pay you, I swear. <laughs> there are several plants that are, you know, native West Texas, Southwest Texas. Ochi Chobo Soto Vista. So one of them is the Sotol. At the end of the episode, we'll talk more about our sponsors, all the wonderful sponsors that are helping us keep the lights on here at the Fort Worth Roots Podcast, and we will go into more details about events that are coming up in the very near future. Real quick, at the front of every episode, we'd like to highlight one of our sponsors. Cowtown Nutrition is our newest sponsor. They're located at 5430 River Oaks Boulevard. They offer a healthy alternative to that compulsory fast food craving. You can also load up on your favorite Herbalife product and learn about their fitness groups that they held, uh, excuse me, that they hold on location at Cowtown Nutrition. Check them out on Instagram at Cowtown underscore nutrition. And thank you, April, and all the folks over there at Cowtown Nutrition for being a sponsor of the Fort Worth Roots podcast. More information about them can be found in the show notes, and we'll talk more about them at the end of the show. This weekend, we got a full lineup for you. The Cicada is going to be the place Friday and Saturday, kicking it off on the 14th, Friday, 9 p.m., $10 at the door, located at 1002 South Main Street, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cicada is going to have the Traumatics Good Latimer, Lonnie Flowers, I think I said that right. And then uh, the following evening, this is one you, you gotta gotta check this out. Saturday, the cicada. You're gonna have the spectacle, Oberon, Sharpie, and Stonewolf. That starts at 8 p.m. Again, that is Saturday, July 15th. And then catch our homies, the Traumatics, and their friends at the cicada uh, at 9 p.m. This episode that you're gonna hear today is part four of the recording uh, series that we did. While on our Big Ben trip, we had a lot of awesome people out there. The entire Jerry Jonestown Massacre podcast was out there. Fort Worth Famous was out there. And uh, a bunch of other really good folks uh, that, that now I, I think we're just uh, best friends. Got to be. Uh, you go to Big Ben, you have an incredible journey like that. Uh, you're just friends for life. So anyway, if you want to listen to all the shenanigans and everything that we got into uh, during our trip down to the Big Bend uh, National Park, Terlingua, Marfa, uh, and then half a dozen state parks that we went to, it's like a week-long journey that we went on. Uh, a lot of fun. Very uh, life-changing. I, I don't know how else to put it. It was it was excellent. And I have an in, entirely different appreciation for the state of texas and for state and national parks uh so that's what you're getting into this episode if you want to hear the other three parts of this episode you need to go to the jerry jonestown massacre and i believe the way they broke it down was part one and two as one episode and then part three and four uh as a second episode uh, you're getting the tail end of it or just kind of a recap of the trip on the Fort Worth Roots podcast, but we do want you to, if, if you're interested in this episode, if you enjoy what you got here today, uh, go on over to the Jerry Jonestown Massacre podcast and give them a listen. Um, I don't know what episode it is, but it's going to be labeled Big Ben Trip, uh, part one and two, and then part three and four uh, to get the full story. We just wanted to do the part four recap for you. 
uh, at the tail end of the trip. But if you have not had a chance to check out our YouTube channel, this would be the episode that I would encourage you to go check out because I'm uploading all the videos and all the pictures from our trip. And if you've never been to Big Bend National Park, uh, you got to see these pictures. That is enough talking out of me. We got more information at the tail end of this show where I talk incessantly. Make sure you don't miss that. Give it up for my good friends, Dustin Snyder and Susie Ramon, and let's start the show. Okay, and we are hot. We are recording. We are recording and everything. Here we are, part four of the JJTM show, or part one of uh, Four Worth Roots. That's right. Yes. All right. If you've been listening along, we have um, the first two episodes have been posted, and then um, as far as the JJTM side of this goes, first three. No. Oh. Three and four will be with this. So you should have just heard the third part. Gotcha. Before we started this part. And in between the third and fourth part, we lost two more comrades um, to the war and uh, dysentery. I I think it's more dysentery. They broke an axle, right? They broke an axle. (laughs) Trying to cross the river. Mandy got dysentery? They got dysentery. Um, It was a whole big issue. (laughs) But now you're left with just three survivors. And then there were three. And there were three. Hi, I'm Susie. I'm I'm Dustin. I'm Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to part four. And um, man, this is the this is the capper of the weekend. This is the drive home. Yeah. We're on the road right now. Marfa to home. I just posted a video, and I uh, stated in the description that I don't want this week to end, man. This has been so excellent in every way. It has been. It's been freaking fantastic all the way around. It's just, it's what I've needed for a long time, just getting out. Oh, look at that. Loose cattle. Loose livestock. (laughs) Loose livestock. (laughs) And and just getting out. We're leaving Bomarea right now. And we just went through the town of Bomarea, which has irrigation channels all through it. Uh, from the springs. Chasma. Yeah, being fed from the big spring that's in the state park. What The spring is called something. Now, what's it called? Something springs. Oh, M- a, with an Chester M. the Molester Spring. It's got no. a weird name. Charlie Hoof Samuel mm. L. Calloway Stop. Spring. Stop. <laughs> but we are, we're out of the town now. We're probably five miles away from that park, and that, that spring channel is still following us. Yeah. yeah, and it's flowing really, really well. So that is a really powerful water spring. That's it was amazing it's awesome. to me. Oh, and now the spring just turned we off just from got us. To the end of the spring. So we are on seventeen. Yes. At I ten. Yep. Interstate ten. El Paso is two hours behind us. We're not getting we're on. We're pointing I ten. Yeah. West. It told me to stay on the uh, service road. Did it? Okay. Because 17 turns right up here. Okay. But this morning we left Marfa after a day of exploring and running around all over Marfa, seeing everything. Pricey-ass Marfa. 
$60 t-shirt Marfa is what it's going to be known as from now on. That's $450 denim jacket Marfa. You can't buy anything in that town for under 30 bucks. Correct. It's ridiculous. That is a lie. We had some excellent food. I went to the wrong store and I got several things that were under $30. I total I spent uh, total I spent was 40 bucks at wrong. The photos I wanted, the prints that I oh, wanted, yes. the artwork I wanted was $250 each. Wild. Wild. Yeah. It's I don't know. This Marfa is Everybody talks about how they're just outpricing everything real estate-wise for everybody. Yeah. But it's getting to the point to where it's not even enjoyable as a destination, as a place to go hang out. It's too expensive. It is a very expensive place to go hang out. I can't imagine that we'll be going back anytime soon. But you know where we will go back to soon? Terlingua. Definitely Terlingua. And Big Bend State Park. And the Presidio Highway that was the most beautiful highway in Texas. I, was, I really liked our Marfa campsite, though. I would like to go back to that. El that Cosmico. Very comfortable. Very well kept. Yeah. I, I feel like the prices were somewhat reasonable. I yeah. think their prices are somewhat flexible, and they just charge whatever they want. Yeah. They gave me a huge discount. I upgraded. I was going to do yeah. a campsite, and I actually got a, a, a safari tent. tent. Safari tent. And they, they knocked off, like, I, th- I think 20%. Or something, but yeah. I'm glad I did it because what two hours after we got to the campsite, we just got hit. We got slammed by a rainstorm, hammered. So that was uh, a wise decision. Yeah, a sure. very very wise decision. What are we doing here, Susie? Tell us about the food choices we made. The food choices we made. Well, we talked about the bees hive on the other show. Um. Yesterday, while we were running around, first we got up and we went across the street to Marfa Burrito. Mm-mm. Excellent. And holy moly, was that good. Um, I think there's a picture of every famous person ever on the wall. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. Kevin Bacon. Uh, yep. All right, all right, all right. Anthony Bourdain. And of course, Anthony. I, I took a picture with Anthony Bourdain. It was pretty funny. Or that as was, us close to him, call him Tony. Tony. Tony, Tony, yeah. Tony. So, uh, that was delicious. It was so good. Um, hey, real quick. Yes. So, we just went underneath I-10. Yeah. It's 30 miles to I-20. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Wild. I didn't know that. Is that insane? Yeah. yeah that I crazy. thought it was weird that, like, I thought maybe we were getting on to 10 for a little while, but we cut up Highway 17 from 10 to 20. 10, 10 would to take 20. us to San Antonio, right? We're not going to Junction. Aha. Okay. 10 will take us to Junction. Okay. All right. So go ahead. So um, so we had our breakfast, and it was delicious. And then we went and walked around um, Marfa and drove around Marfa. It was it was a whole adventure all over the place. We Oh, we drove out to the giant set. Uh, which is a movie from maybe the 1950s. It had James Dean and um, Elizabeth Taylor and somebody else who looks really familiar to me, but I can't think of who it is. Um, but we drove out to the set of that. And- Rock Hudson. Oh, is that who that was? Rock Hudson? I believe so, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that was really fun. It was something Mandy really wanted to do. She loves that movie. I'd never even heard of it. <laughs> Gonna have to watch it now. 
<laughs> yeah, now we'll have to watch it. So walking around Marfa and driving around Marfa was a lot of fun, right? I loved seeing it just because it's um, it's very foreign, very strange place. Uh, the way they live, their community is very, very different than anything I'm used to. Yeah. <coughs> Annette, I was commenting today, this morning, that like... Uh, Marfa's is still a small enough town that you could have a bicycle and ride your bike everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it would be perfect. Horses, right over there. Um, so then, did we... Oh, we didn't. So, kind of right after we visited the giant set was when Matt and Mandy had to leave us. They wanted to start their trek back to Fort Worth so that they could be home today for Mother's Day. Um, and we decided that we weren't totally hungry quite yet. So we were hanging out still. I can't think of what we did next. We went to the uh, that art facility. Oh, that's right. We went to Chinati. That's right. It was, uh, oh, the, it was not public access, but it was community weekend is what they call it. And so the Chinati Foundation, um, what... Judd. What was his first name? Donald Judd. Not related to the other Judds. I had to look that up. Someone <laughs> told me they were, and it's not. Okay. Related I'm wearing a Chinati shirt right now. Yeah. The place is a cult compound. That's it what I've come to. definitely a cult. It's pretty rad. Who wants to talk about Chinati? I want to talk about Chinati. You do? Yeah. Okay, go, go ahead. So, uh, art is uh, very subjective. It is whatever... Uh, it, the value that you place on art is whatever everybody else decides to put on it, right? Like, So, art can be anything you say it is. And we walked into an old army uh, base that had been shut down for a very long time. Somebody purchased it. I think it closed down in 1945. And they had... Uh, Renovated some of the buildings, uh, in not, not not massive improvements, but kind of uh, renovated them so that they could store art in there. And we walked into this first building, which is, I don't think it, it wasn't a hangar, was it? It could have been. It looked like, or an ammunition depot. That's right. They called it um, an artillery something or other. Yeah, they were artillery um, uh, sheds or whatever. Yeah. And I need to correct you. Okay. The... the they weren't storing the art in there. Oh, yeah. The art is, is this, it's set up specifically, like, that's part of the... For that room. Yeah, that's part of the piece. So the reason I bracketed it the way I did um, is because I, I was surprised to see all of that space dedicated to essentially what are just metal boxes. Yes. Three rows from front to back of just stainless steel looking boxes so I did some reading last night okay or yesterday after we left there and Donald Judd is the one who purchased that property he was looking for a place he w- he lived in New York and he had a um, a building that he bought in New York City on Spring Street and if you know what Spring Street is that's where Chinatown is okay and over the years he had renovated it floor by floor but then he got tired of living in New York City so he wanted to find a place that was out in the middle of nowhere where nobody was that was still kind of cool for artists. Now, the thing was, is that he was in the military. He was in the Army. Okay. And he was an engineer in the Army. Oh. And he helped... <laughs> that makes sense. He helped design different types of structures 
hangars, okay. artillery buildings, bunkers, all sorts of stuff like that. And he was familiar with that base. Oh, okay. And he was familiar with what was going on out there. So when it came up for sale, he bought the whole thing. There's 36 buildings, big buildings, on that property yeah. that are all used for different types of artwork and different And they've got uh, old classes. army barracks and uh, officers' quarters and office buildings. And they've just uh, repurposed them into kind of a an art community right yeah yes yeah yeah there's or there's residents cult <laughs> there's residents living quarters like you were saying for artists to come stay out there and you know perfect their craft there's a it's a whole foundation that he set up um it looks like there yeah there were living quarters out there yeah the Chianti Foundation, right? Chinati. Chinati. Yes. And when you see everybody on the property walking around in a Chinati shirt, yeah, you start wondering if this is going to be a Netflix documentary. Down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not fair to call it a cult because we don't really know anything. It's uh, as far as we know, it's we're not joking a cult. around with the cult, but, but it feels very cult esque. I hope it's a cult. I, I really hope it is do. too. I really I think hope it's an art it's cult. cult. <laughs> Did you see the sign that we just passed, y'all? Uh-uh. Uh, so we're headed towards a town called Pecos, right? P-E-C-O-S, Pecos. Yeah. And it said there's a Pecos art trail that is cowboy boots. <laughs> You're nodding your head like you already know this? Yeah, there's signs all over Texas talking about the Pecos Trail. Oh, okay. I, and I, they're I, notified by those boots. Okay. Boots. All right. I wonder if they're like actual boots or if they're artistic representations of boots. Okay, so anyways, back to Chinati. That's about it. That was about it. The place is really, really <laughs> interesting. And yes. I wish we wouldn't have been told the wrong information. Yeah. We got and we could have got there a little earlier and roamed through some of the areas because, I mean, there's they stored, they stored, they imprisoned German POWs and Russian POWs in that. At the base. At the base. Yeah. When it was operational. And the... The thing I read about the there's a, a called building what was it building twenty six building ninety six building something like that mm-hmm. and they that building is where the German POWs were kept and they were requ- forced to or required to or made to paint murals Van Halen of Old West scenes of old west cowboy scenes yeah. and country scenes that's amazing For and then sure. we walk around the corner between these this one that looks like barracks or whatever and there's russian writing all over it which does that make any sense historically like why would there be russian on the side of that building I have no idea but what we found out was we sent it to our friend joe tacky who is fluent in russian yes and he translated it for us and it had to do with the uh, it was almost like sta- a the Stalin youth. Yeah, yeah. It was a a phrase for the Stalin youth to when they their uprising will be knowledge and information. Yeah, along those lines. Yeah, it was super super interesting. Yeah, and it was like we will come back together with like it was I don't know it was really cool. And inside that building, we were looking. We were, we're looking in inside Van the Halen. window. That's what I said. And there was uh, There's a town called Van Halen. That's weird. <laughs> Very small town. 
Um, it's Verhalen. Yeah, I was going to say Ver-Halen. it's actually Verhalen. But we, yeah, when looking in the Russian building. Yeah, we looked in the window and we could see uh, pictures of what looked like communist leaders. I don't, I didn't recognize. Them. <laughs> I just uh, made the comment that it looked very communist. Yeah, and they had really kind of cool like drafting desks in there it was pretty neat like looking in the windows of the rooms of the some of the buildings you could see what they were used for artistically um and i'm i was fascinated like i would love to come do some sort of week-long residency or something there and you know just make art for the entire week i wonder if that's possible. I wonder what the requirements are. Yeah. Gonna have to do some research. Yeah, add that to your research list, please, Andrew. I'll do it. That's why but I bought the shirt, so I wouldn't forget to look it up. I was I was very impressed. There was a, bu- a book, and I should have bought it. I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't. And it was all about Donald Judd and his vision, his vision for Chinati. And it talked all about him, you know, starting in New York and, and then moving out to Marfa. And... When I first moved here, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast already, but when I first moved to Texas in 2005, I found this Texas monthly magazine that was like, how to be a Texan. And it cracked me up because we had just moved here. So I immediately bought it. And it had all of the things like that make Texas famous or, you know, that Texas is known for rodeos, big red soda, uh, the state fair. Big uh, red soda? Yeah, big red soda was listed in there. Really? Yeah. Um, and and one of the places was Marfa. And when I read that it was an artist community and, um, all about it, I was like, oh man, I want to go out there so bad and I want to see it all. And then I've seen several like PBS episodes about Marfa. I've seen a day trip episode about Marfa, um, and so get, getting to spend some quality time there of, you know, two nights and, you know, it, it was awesome. And it was super cool. You've never watched I Love Dick, right? I Love what? Dick. No. It's why Kevin Bacon was there because his name was Dick. Oh, okay. And he moved to Marfa. Okay. From New York, I think, is the way it works. And uh-huh. the, he's an artist trying to get away and break out, so he moves to Marfa. And it turns into a whole bunch of problems because all these women in town fall in love with me. And it, <laughs> it becomes chaos. Is it a movie? No, it's a. it was a series on Netflix. Oh, how funny. One or two seasons. And it was good. I liked it. I have to watch that. But it was all like you watch it and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I know where this is. Look, there's another dirt devil just going across oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen dirt devils everywhere. Oh, one of the coolest things that we saw yesterday. Um, so after Chinati... We're going to be talking about things out of order. I'm sorry. But in the evening, we went out. We took a drive to go uh, take pictures of the Stardust sign, um, Stardust Motel, because it looked like the neons all new in it. And we were hoping that it would be on, but it wasn't. So we, uh, but what we did see were some pronghorn antelope. That was on the way to the Prada store. Oh, that was the Prada store time? Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. Timelines are getting all mixed up in my head. So, yeah, after uh, Cincinnati, (laughs) the art thing. Yes. Chinati. We went out to um, the Prada store. Valentine. Valentine, which everybody says it's the Marfa Prada. It's not. It's 35 minutes the other side of 
Marfa to the west mm-hmm. on the way to Van Horn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as we're going out there, you start seeing these weird deer popping up everywhere, and I wasn't sure what they were. I go to Prada, shoot some stuff. A lot of people out there shooting, doing things. Some burrows hanging out. The burrows. Wanted to be yes. petted. And then we start heading back, and there's a border patrol site called TARS. Oh, yeah. Which is... Oh, yeah. Tactical Aerial... Aerostat. Tethered, right? Or Tethered Aerostat Radio Surveillance. Radar. Radar Surveillance. Yeah. And for any of you that ever made the trip out to Kuwait, that big blimp they had on the border, the eye in the sky, it's the same thing. It might be a little bit smaller, or my memory's just kind of skewed. But it's the exact same blimp, and they use it for surveillance uh, for the border. Well, as we're getting to its site, there is one of these deer-looking things standing right up next to the fence. And it has, like, reindeer-looking horns. The horns are all <laughs> jacked up. Well, I'd never seen a prog horn, prong horn yeah. out in the wild. I've seen them at the zoo. I've seen them at... Uh, Glen Rose, whatever that is. Yeah. Wildlife park thing. But I've never seen them out in the wild, and they look a little different out in the wild. And this guy was just looking at us, hanging out. We stopped. He acted like he wanted to jump the fence, come over and be our friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was all excited to see us, thought we had food. Yeah. I actually, now that I'm, like, remembering, I saw a Lone Star Law episode where... They were relocating Texas pronghorn from, like, a certain part of Texas out to West Texas, out here. And so they would they would deploy the net from the helicopter and capture the pronghorns, and then they would tag them and do some other different things to them and then transport them out to West Texas to help save the population. They are an endangered species, and um, they are they are only found in Texas. And according to the sign we saw today at the Davis, uh, Fort Davis State Park or Davis Mountain State Park. Davis Mountain State Park. They're the fastest land mammal (laughs) in North America. Oh, yeah. And Dustin was driving about 70 miles an hour and they were keeping up with us. That's crazy. They were off in the distance, but it was like they weren't, we weren't blowing by them. They were just kind of going with us. It was wild. They were crazy. So after Chinati, uh... Dustin and Susie finally, after a whole day of activities, they finally let me eat. <laughs> yes, we and did. We went Let's to this see. badass hotel. Marfa Burrito, and then... <laughs> Jets. The Bodega. We stopped oh, yeah, at the we Bodega. Oh, yeah, we did stop at the Bodega. Uh, it's real right. cheese. All you wanted was a beer. That's right. And then... Because they wanted fourteen dollars we for a sandwich, and I was like, nah. "That sandwich was amazing." So, how the, much ours, did they pay ours, for the chicken? Uh, the chicken linguine. Oh, hold on! Yeah. Our sandwich was nine dollars plus two dollars for the bacon, so it was eleven bucks, and it was worth every dollar. Oh, yeah. Once I saw it, I was like, "I messed up. <laughs> I should have got one too." It was so good. That was para llevar in Marfa. So, of course, I'm griping about food. I'm the first one to be like, I'm hungry. Because I didn't eat when everybody else ate. Yeah. So we went to the, what, what's the name of the hotel? El Paisano. And they've got... Uh, Jets Grill. Giant stuff all over the place oh, yes. from the movie. I guess that was Marfa's big thing. Like, that's probably what put them on the map. It was the headquarters for the movie. That's yeah. where everybody stayed. That's where they... 
staged everything and got ready for stuff. Yeah. And the coolest thing about Jets, besides the food and the great drinks, is on the wall are these giant blown-up black-and-white slides. Oh, yeah. Of all the actors and stuff just jacking around and horsing around while they were shooting giant. Yeah. While everyone was having fun. Yeah. And I don't... If I remember right, I don't think... James Dean saw was alive when Giant was released. Oh, really? Oh, really? He had already passed maybe, away. Yeah. Yeah. The There was another thing on the wall that really caught my attention. There was a, a snapshot of somebody's headstone, and I can't remember the guy's name. But oh, yes. 1901 to 1978 or something like that. And below it, instead of in loving memory or... Beloved brother. A wonderful father, a great friend. Instead of anything like that, it said chef at the whatever, at the hotel, hotel. <laughs> <laughs> on his headstone and I asked the, the girl that was waiting on us like how do you know how long that guy was the chef here like how long do you have to work somewhere for that to end up on your headstone yeah who she had no idea it's crazy but the food was incredible the drinks were good it was uh, definitely a good good choice we yeah. picked a good spot yeah for sure Five stars would recommend. I'm gonna say everything we ate, in Marfa was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Yes. If I, I don't. There was. I didn't walk away from any place going meh. You're that right. Sucked. Yeah. Or I can't believe I spent my money on that. <laughs> yeah. This is trash. Even that the is place the, we stopped for lunch on the way to Marfa was really good. Uh, oh El yeah. Patio, El Patio and yeah. Presidio. Yep. Yeah. Just mere blocks from the border. Border. Yeah. Throw a rock. Yeah. I really, really, really wanted to cross in, but not this trip. Oh, yeah. Scat, scat Daddy. Daddy. Scat mm. Daddy's wow. SWT water. That must be a place where you just dump your scat. I guess so. <laughs> Good grief. Scat, scat Daddy. <laughs> Ugh. Or, or is that a, a uh, German S&M nightclub? <laughs> yeah. No. So while we were in Big Bend National Park, there is a place, like when you're driving over to Santa Elena Canyon, there is a outlook. You drive up um, and you can pull over at, and it is called Sotol Vista. Sotol Vista. Sotol Vista. And you may have heard these guys. I don't know if they were doing it on the show at all, but they were talking like um, oh, Jar Jar Binks. Oh, oh, Not oh, Jar Jar Binks. What's oh, that guy's name? Oh. Soto Vista. Ochi Chobo Solo Soto Vista. So there are. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was on my way to pay you, I swear. <laughs> there are several plants that are, you know, native West Texas, Southwest Texas. Ochi Chobo Soto Vista. So one of them is the Sotol. And uh, while we were in Marfa, there's a liquor store that is pretty friggin' rad. Yeah, because it's also a plant store. A greenery, a plant store. It's awesome. It's all desert plants. (laughs) I I think it's all native to the area, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we got... Cactus Liquors. Cactus Liquors. And it's awesome. It's absolutely fantastic. You go in there and there's stuff... Well, first off, they had a bunch of Blackland stuff, which was awesome. They did. They had a lot of Blackland stuff. We, we got to talk to the people that worked there about Blackland distilling out of Fort Worth. Um, and that was a lot of fun. They have a lot of local art, like local ceramicists stuff They have stuff from Boquillas up there, like yes. the stuff we bought. They go down and they buy it, too, and bring it up. So you oh, don't have to cool. go all the way down to Big Ben and the Boquillas Crossing. Yeah. 
to buy cool little Mexican art. Um, but their liquor selection yeah. is amazing because it's all this crazy rare stuff, and they go across the border and get stuff and bring it back. Right. And so Mezcal's a big thing, but one thing I didn't know anything about was Soto. 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 Soto Vista. So, and one of the things that I learned about Mezcal and Soto is that, and basically like kind of tequilas as well, um, but it's like champagne. It can only like it can only be called a tequila or a mezcal or a sotol if it comes from a very specific part of Mexico. Like I think all tequilas are from Chihuahua, and then um, I, I don't know where the others are from, but mezcal and sotol are small batch liquors. They're handmade. The, the Sotol plant has to be about 20 to 30 years old before it can be harvested to be made into the alcohol. Yes. And we learned so much about so it. So much got about a, it. A, a crash course, like a 30-minute crash course and a tasting. Yes. Learning about this and how, how crazy different, like, since it's unregulated and unindustrialized, like right. tequila is industrialized, that... Basically, the guys that make the good uh, mezcal and the best sotol are like 90-year-old men that have been doing it for years, and they do it their own way. No batches are going to taste the same. Yeah. Um, No brand is going to taste the same from one to another. Because All the brands taste different. It's not a, like, here's your, uh, you know, your Blanco tequila. Yeah. Here's your... Agave tequila, and they all pretty much taste the same. Yeah, this gets pretty wild. That it's just and 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 he said that he's like when this ninety-eight-year-old maker of this particular sotol passes away, that's it. There will be no more. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. And the bottles are pretty pricey. Yeah, and they actually have some bottles that you can get some back home. Like Specs uh, carries. A few of the more of the bigger name bottles, the bigger yes. batch bottles. Yeah. But he turned us on to some to buy down here that are um, some good ones to have. Yeah. And they were, I mean, it's really, really neat because one, Andrew said that, and I agreed <laughs> with him 100%. The aftertaste was like swallowing Copenhagen. It was so weird, man. And I, I thought I was going to vomit right there. I, I was trying not to be rude to the guy, but after I had that taste, he was giving us uh, little samples. I was like, I'm not, I can't, I can't even stomach another, I'm not going to risk it. Because yeah. the first one, immediately, as soon as it hit my tongue, it's like, oh my God, that tastes like... Like, I just swallowed my Copenhagen. Gross. And then the next oh. one they gave us, I was kind of apprehensive because I was like, yeah, that tastes just like swallowing <laughs> Copenhagen. I was really apprehensive about but I was like, I want to taste this. Because he kept going on and on about how varied they all are. And the next one was like drinking water. It was so it good. Was so freaking good, <laughs> which was... was the bottle I ended up getting. Yeah. And then they, he... There's one being made here in Texas, which is very, very weird. Like, this is one of At those At Marfa things. Distilling. No, no, no. That's oh, not no. the one I got. Okay. The other one I got was, uh, shit, I forgot where, Brownsville or something like that. Oh, okay. But he said there's a loophole, and they're kind of 
okay with making it, but normally you don't make Sotol out of the region, like you said. Yeah. And this is a, a Texas-made Sotol that ha- they basically had the blessing of, you know, yeah, you can make this. It's but you know who doesn't there. have the blessing? Uh, yeah, Marfa Spirit Company. Marfa Spirit Company. They don't, and they're making some, and apparently the city doesn't like them doing it. They've oh, turned their back on them. Y'all were talking about that last night. There's a bunch of signs and shit that are like, no, don't be doing this. Y'all are breaking it. laws, whatever. They, they, well, not cool. they said that it is appropriation and that it is, you know, like this, we're on this, this practice that is basically what he said was a sacred practice of making this sotol. It's amazing, this whole thing. And then a, a distilling company or, you know, Marfa Spirits, a spirit company coming Should've in. missed it. Uh-oh, what do we do? Okay. Um, but it was like, you know, if you love sotol so much, leave it alone and buy it from the people who make it. They saw an opportunity to make a buck, and uh, they're going to jump on it. Yeah. Which then we went and drank at that place last night. Yes, we did. Because we wanted to see... Everybody keeps saying, you know, that's a good place to go drink and hang out and have real good craft cocktails and blah, 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 so, so, so. So we went out there. and yes. um yeah, the drinks they make are mind erasers. I that was some of the strongest drinks I've had in a long we had time. Two drinks. I got the gin. <laughs> it was dangerous. I had two gin drinks. One of them was a gin and tamarind. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it, mule. Oh yeah, the mule, I and it was one. delicious. It was so good. I enjoyed every sip of it, and then I just got a gin and tonic. But it was the Marfa spirits. I had a plomo- plomona. Pa- Paloma. I can't even talk right now. My lips are dry. <laughs> Paloma and um, made with the Sotol. And then I also had a frozen gin and tonic. How was that? Fantastic. That was wild. It was frozen like a margarita. Gin and tonic. She said that they sell those. Ridiculous. She said that was the, our, 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 our bartender was like, this is my favorite drink that we have. And she said they sell it like they sell out of it all the time. It's crazy. Fuck it, guys. We're going to Carlsbad Caverns. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. I'll go ahead and call into work preemptively. So, what, um, Andrew, what drinks did you get while we were there? Uh, I did have that mule. And then the first drink I had, I believe, was a, oh, uh, they called it a ranch water. But it was unlike any ranch water I'd ever had. Oh, because it was made with the Sotol. Yes. And it was good. It was good. It had a had some really wild flavors in it um, that took a little bit of getting used to. But by the time I got to the end of it, uh, I was a I was a fan. You're like, not so bad. Yeah. Guys, we're on I-20 now, and I didn't realize Pecos was so big. It's a pretty decent-sized town. Is it really? It felt like a blip on the map. But they got a bunch of truck stops. There were hotels everywhere. It was interesting. How far away are we from the next city, I wonder? 37 minutes. 37 minutes. Did we cross through Alpine, or is that on our route? No. Not going the way we went. The the girl that was waiting on us last night at Jet, I I had to ask because we had a... We had a little incident yesterday 
poor Mandy uh, dropped, well, she fell over and broke some glasses. And I was really worried that she had injured herself. And so I had to ask the, uh, the girl waiting on us, like, how far is the nearest hospital? And didn't she say Alpine? Yeah, yes. Alpine is the nearest so, hospital. 30 miles from Marfa. And <laughs> this is so interesting because if you don't want to be seen at Alpine Community Hospital, they will helicopter you to uh, Odessa. So one of the other bartenders, there were two bartenders that were in the little pit area working. One of them, she said she was in labor at Alpine uh, Hospital for, I don't know. A day and a half. A day and a half, yeah. And she, she and was didn't like, know. she was like, uh, I don't want to be here anymore. So they flew her to Odessa to have her baby, <laughs> which is amazing to me. And the, the other girl had a gallbladder issue and um, she was scared because somebody had died recently at the, the hospital From that with the same surgery. Uh, so she was like, they nicked her liver. Yeah. She's like, I would like to request to be flown to Odessa to have the surgery done. And they did it. She said she'd rather bleed out in the street than be seen at Alpine <laughs> Hospital. So that's how much they care about the Alpine Hospital. So if we have any uh, anybody in the medical field that wants to uh, become a chief of a hospital and upgrade all its services and make it a, a good place on the map, sounds like Alpine is the career for Al- you. Alpine needs you. Make Alpine less dangerous. <laughs> yes. Make Alpine safe again. Put that bumper sticker on your There's field. a college there. Oh, yeah, there it's is a college. It's a college town. Yeah. So, what else did we do yesterday? We uh, we ended the day relaxing in the teepee and, and voying some of uh, Dustin's amazing photography that he took out there at... Uh, oh, oh, thank that's you. what we were doing. Thank you. Yes, we're... It'll be a little bit to work on all this, but I'm excited to do it. Just beautiful shots. I'm excited to do this. This is... Uh, it was good shooting this. We got I got shot down on a few things that I wanted to shoot. Like what? Still didn't get to shoot in Bokeas. Oh, yeah. Uh, a bunch of A-holes at our camp. <laughs> Screwed up some of my star photography with their stupid of, freaking headlamps. A lot of red light in those pictures. Yeah. A lot of red light here and there. I wonder um, who that was. Does he listen to these? <laughs> That's why I don't take people astrophotography shooting with me. Um, and then last night, the uh, Stardust sign, Stardust Motel sign. Oh, yeah. That was a bummer. I thought they were going to light the neon up, but they didn't. And yeah. then we had, I kept trying to shoot it with the thunderstorm going on in the background, but I think it was a little too far. Yeah, and, these, these clouds today are gorgeous. I didn't go shoot in certain places in the uh, National National Park Park. like I wanted to. Uh, A lot of that had to do with where our camp was and how, you know, it took 20 minutes, right? Yeah. To get to the main road. To get to the main road, yeah. We were pretty remote. A jarring, bumpy ride from our campsite to the blacktop, and it's just, it's a whole thing, so. Those that were wondering if they could get to our camp in a... Camry or a Civic <laughs> or a uh, anything that is Ford not a Escort. high clearance four by four vehicle, a Ford Focus. <laughs> you weren't getting there. Nope. You, you didn't necessarily need four wheel drive, but you definitely needed the clearance. You needed something that uh, 
performs well at the Dakar rally. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. you needed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that just means we have to make another trip down here. Hell yeah. Oh, for That's sure. all that means. All Agreed. that means is we have to come back down here again. Yeah. And I don't think this will be the last time. No. And at Big Bend State Park, uh, the, the gal who was working the desk, she said the best time of year to visit that particular state park is October and November. So that's the park I'm interested in. When we drove down from Big Bend National Park over to Marfa, we swung through Big Bend State Park. Yes. Which has seven, what'd she say, 700 springs on it or 7,000 oh, springs or yes, something like that? yeah. And they have this water table behind the counter that just shows where all you can get water and apparently a bunch of the people that listen that visit that state park pack very little water because you just go down to the spring and, and refill get all your jugs and yeah. stuff yeah awesome. yes and, wow and they, amazing they let the office know how the springs are flowing so you would see it said high flow low flow um nothing lots of water no yeah water, lots of water no water puddles. yeah it, it was very interesting. So I got one of their big maps to uh, kind of start um, planning and looking at because I've also watched a bunch of YouTube videos of people saying, you know, everybody goes to Big Bend National Park, but the Big Bend State Park is actually has a lot of cool stuff in it that may be even cooler than the National Park. Yeah, and definitely it was the prettiest um state park building like welcome center that i've seen oh yeah and it had this really cool exhibit and um a courtyard that was a high 35 miles ahead to monahan's woo um it that it was just it was so pretty and you know she was like i know that you guys aren't saying but you can take this walk through this little path and see you know we've got all like native plant species all labeled we, you know, we talk about the history of the park in this little exhibit in this room. And, I mean, she, she was great. She was a great host host person for, for the park. park. She, yeah, she was a great spokesperson, you like know. Twinkies. And that's that's where I got <laughs> my uh, state park passport. Yes. And I've, I've already got, what, three stamps in it? Yes, you do. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, let's talk about that. So, we... Today, we did our, our, our two days in Marfa, our stint in Marfa, and then today we get up and we head out uh, to Fort Davis. Yes. And we swing by the Fort Davis National Park and kind of cruise through it real quick, but then we go to the uh, Davis Mountain State Park. Yes. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Gorgeous. That hill climb Gorgeous. to the top of the lookout Skyline when you're on top of a mountain. drive. And then you just look over and there's McDonald Observatory. And all the little domes. Yeah. The little telescope boobies. Hell of a view. And that's really saying something coming from a group of people that just left Big Bend. Because it's yeah. you know, majestic out there. But yeah. Fort Davis is also, it's got some spectacular views. I would like to stay there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very nice I would park. too. And that little drive from... Uh, Marfa to Fort Davis and then Fort Davis up to Bomarea. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely so beautiful. Yeah, big giant boulders, still really hilly and mountainous. Um, now we've started into the flatlands. Yeah, we left I all don't the mountains talk behind. About it. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the big sky we country are West now. Texas. 
we are in West Texas. That's the thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about uh, West Texas, and they freak out because all they think about is Odessa, Midland, Odessa area. Yeah. You know, yeah. these these flat oil fields. But far West Texas is a different world. Like oh, all yeah. Together. It is crazy how much things change and just as we were driving around, the way the different types of mountains, the different types of rock, the different types of soil, yeah. the different types of plants. Yeah. How it's just all over crazy. Yeah, because it qualifies as West Texas, right? Everything we went to. This oil field douche beside us right now <laughs> has been riding my ass for the last 10 miles. Ah. So, uh, it is gorgeous, though. Like, the the diversity of the environments within Texas, we were, we were talking about, you know, because the desert of Big Bend and... Terlingua and Marfa, etc., is so different than like the Panhandle region, and it's so different from the Prairie region where we live in Fort Worth, and it's different from the you know hill country, which is different from the beaches, which is different from the you know what is East East Texas called something the piney woods. woods, yeah, and then the it swamp region. This trip has definitely changed my perspective on Texas as a whole, just because. I've never seen that. And just inside Big Bend National Park, we saw dozens of different terrain changes yeah. just in a very small... I mean, it's a large park, but for the amount of change that we saw just driving around, it's it's kind of yeah. shocking. Just drive River Road from one end yeah. to the other, and yeah. it will blow your mind, and then drive into the basin. That one yeah. trail we took, uh, Black Gap? Yeah. yeah. I mean, started off desert, then mountain, and then... <laughs> Towards the end, we ended up in like a lagoon. Yeah, we ended up in in Glen Springs, (laughs) which is a, yeah, a grotto. It was amazing. With bamboo and all sorts of stuff going up around you. Bamboo in the middle of the desert. We were like, can we drive through this? (laughs) Bamboo in the middle of the freaking desert. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so I know there were a few people that were thinking about coming on this trip, but they're like, Oh, it's going to be hot. You're way out west, and it's all flat and nasty. No, you missed out. There was only a couple You're times stupid. I was hot. Whoa. Because you missed out. <laughs> and nice. you had other things you needed to do, like, I don't know, podcast and PBR or some crap. Oh, podcast and PBR. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in the Countdown Coliseum instead of having the trip of your life. You know, and and Andrew has said it a couple of times that that first night was basically a life-changing night within Big Bend's National Park, and it was. Uh, for everyone. I think everyone's yeah. life was changed. <laughs> that was such a great night. night a little I made altered. a statement. I was like, we never get this again. It was so unique and perfect. And yeah. Just had such a great time. Yeah. Just like Gorgira says, you leave the moment alone. Yeah. Because it was so perfect. It was so perfect. Hmm. Let's go back. <laughs> Turn around. What are we doing? What are we doing? What go are back. we doing? Why are we in this flatland? <laughs> yeah. That's the bad thing. And that's what I kind of joke about is now I will enter a two-week depression stage. I'm not going to do it. That will I'm just gonna plan make me sad trip. because now someone else is supposed to be... Uh, someone has forced me onto a 75-day sobriety kick. We're doing it. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're, we're kicking it off next Monday. 
I thought we were kicking it off like tomorrow. I'm kicking it off now. I want to kick it off tomorrow. If I'm coming down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kick it off tomorrow. Open this week. A soft open this week. Okay, kind of transitioning a little bit. Well, yeah, I got to get my kitchen set up, do some shopping. True, 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 true. Tomorrow is going to be a mother effer because I'm sure I'm going to have to go in at like 2 a.m. or something. Yeah, and we probably won't get home until 8 o'clock or so tonight, right? Yeah. Maybe a little bit earlier. A little earlier, probably about 7. But. The other thing we, we we totally skipped was the church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When in Bomarea we turned and we went to a little church that I saw in one of the uh, Texas Highways magazines. It's called Mission Mary. Yes. So there's nobody there. It's an empty parking Clabrita lot. Calabrita Chapel? Yes. Calabrita Chapel, something like that? It's in your door. And we, we walk up to the to the front door of this church, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this thing looks open. Calera Chapel. And I pushed on it, and sure enough, it's completely open. Like, yeah. come on in. What I have found is that a lot of these churches that are like this, that are kind of landmark churches, are always open. Yeah. And always unlocked. Yep. So cool. So you can always go in and do the Rock Church. Yep. Um, that's a Scandinavian church that's down uh, just outside of Meridian. Cransville Gap. I wasn't going to say exactly. Oh, sorry. I'm tired of people going down there. And <laughs> it's called all up. the. But so, but this Calera little church. Chapel. Yeah, this little chapel. It was it was a little way station. They they were called small missions, um, and they were they were buildings just like that one that were all over Texas for travelers to be able to go to. Um, and it was the Padres, his. his Specific person, it the baseball was, team. It, no, but it was what he wanted to do was to make these small spaces for people to be able to go to, um, and it's gorgeous. It's so pretty, and it's just one room. One room. Yep. Little and, bitty. And there was um, a little prayer spot um, with candles, so that you could light a candle for a loved one. I lit one for my mom today on Mother's Day. Yes. And um, Happy Mother's Day for all you mothers out there. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. And then uh, Dustin recreated a music video. <laughs> he recreated Slash from November Rain. Uh, yes, I did. And it is posted all over social media so that you can see it. <laughs> Thank you, epic. Andrew. I can't stop watching it. <laughs> seen it like it's 20 so times. stupid. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Dustin's on top of the Forerunner air guitar in it out. And I got uh, Guns N' Roses playing in the background. <laughs> it's epic. So good. Got the little church in the back. And then after that, we went to Bomarea State Park. Yep. Which is one of those ones that has been really low on my list because I'm always like, it's just a swimming pool spring out in the desert and having spent so much time in junction area growing up we used to swim in springs all the time and one of the ranches that my cousins had even had a spring tank on it oh like what, they, was they, it concreted in it was concreted in around it uh-huh. it had a little overflow that went into a creek but all the animals would come up and drink out of it or whatever and y'all would swim in it and we would swim in it did it have fish in it uh, some fish, some algae. Oh, you wow. Know. Wow, wow, wow. But it's spring-fed tank, so it's being, like, refreshed all the time. Clear, wow. Clear as the water here. That's but it was only, like, 
six or seven feet deep. Okay. You know, it wasn't... Uh, that's creepy out there. It's like an <laughs> abandoned factory. Um, so it, it wasn't 20 to 25 feet deep. Right. Like, like Bomarea. So I was kind of like, okay, neat. You know, it's a spring out here. We'll go check it out, whatever. Balmorea goes from two feet deep to 25 feet deep. And holy crap, is it impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so clear. It's gigantic. You can see all the way to the bottom, 25 feet deep. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal freaking clear. Catfish everywhere. Other fish uh, and swimming was... around. A giant turtle. We finally saw a giant turtle before we left. Yeah. Um, it was it a little was... chilly this morning, but there were... Dozens of people out there. People out there just swimming around, and it, they say it stays at constant sixty-five degrees year-round. Yes, yeah. What and is this? We this were... is an abandoned prison. Wow! Holy wow. shit! That, that cool is, is wild. I want to go do photo shoots oh in there. Oh my gosh, Never that is so that. cool. Huh? I love Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and this peyote. Is, it's my peyote. Um. You see the size of that chicken? <laughs> so. The the gal that we were talking to who was floating around, as she said, everybody just brings their floaties. Uh, they're they, from El Paso. Yeah, they're from El Paso. She says, two-hour drive. They come here. They, they go to that state park in particular several times throughout the summer because the water does stay a constant 65 degrees because it is constantly fed by the spring. And But I've never seen water that clear. It was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. It was so, so pretty. And... There's three or four diving boards throughout the place. There's scuba diving you can do in there. Um, Kids were on the high dive, which was maybe, what do you think, 8, 10, 11, 12 feet? 8, 8, well, maybe 10 feet above the water. Yeah, it was about 10 feet. They started showing off, and it was so cute. (laughs) Did we mention how gargantuan this pool is it's It's gigantic yeah and so like we're talking about when we first started the show the the spring was built for the irrigation for all the farms around uh well the they (laughs) built the buildings around the spring for irrigation to help channel irrigation and direct it so they built all these uh, walls and stuff and channels for it to go out of the it wasn't a state park at the time right it was someone's ranch and farm yeah and the it's, spring feeds through the entire town of Bomarea which is I mean it's from that spring into Bomarea it's like three miles it's amazing it's it, it, it is amazing everywhere. to see the the pressure of the water flowing through that those channels because it was strong. It wasn't like it was weak water pressure. It was amazing. <laughs> they knew what they were doing when they built all that out. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And then they control the flow of the water with these giant valves, I guess. Doors. Yeah, doors is probably the right word. And just amazing. I'm going to... We were talking yesterday about when we do trips like this, we go back and we research things and look yeah. at things and see what we missed or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to be figuring out that, how those channels work through the city. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Because even at one point, it felt like it was flowing strongly uphill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it's going to look like I just walked around with my uh, phone glued to my hand the entire trip. <laughs> 
which I didn't, but I do have a lot of material um, that I'm going to share with everybody. A lot of videos from this trip and pictures that we took. And um, so that'll be on the Fort Worth Roots uh, social media pages. But I'm also going to Dropbox this stuff to Dustin so he's got everything he wants. Well, let's just share for everybody. Yeah. I've invited everybody into the Dropbox, so... Um, yeah, it was a... I don't know. This week was fantastic. That's all I got to say. Yeah. So, um, and now we're on our way to Monaghan's Sand Hills State Park. Yeah, we're, we're just knocking out state parks today. And we've already been to Monaghan's once. Or but I've been out there like stamp. three or four times. But I've never got a stamp because I didn't have a book. So now we got to swing by there, get a stamp. Get a drink. Look at the sand. Yeah. Like, because there's another biome here in the state of texas that just turns into sand hills uh tatooine <laughs> yes and it's beautiful it and is so pretty i was afraid uh the way it looked was it was going to be raining all the way back home but it doesn't look like it no but the clouds right are gorgeous yeah we got good white puffy clouds puffy clouds you know usually on a trip like this you'd wouldn't want rain but i'm i'm thankful for the little storms we got it was well timed well placed and kind of enhanced the trip a little bit so that's another thing i wanted to say for all you people that were like it's gonna be hot out there it was hot out there it was 100 degrees it's gonna be hot i'm not gonna be able to take it blah 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 it's gonna be a long week of hot weather when we got to marfa oh gorgeous it was freezing yeah it was pretty cold it was cold yeah each one of our tents had uh, heated blankets in the beds. Yes. And I think we all had them turned on. All cranked up. So, and then um, in the teepee, there was a gas or propane Bad fire pit that was used for heat. Had that thing blowing. <laughs> um, yeah. Cranked up. But uh, even in the evening, I mean, the first the first two nights, Tuesday night and Wednesday night, we had strong winds. Um, And they kept it cool in the evening. And then Thursday evening, it was fairly calm, but it it actually was probably the coolest night. Uh, Yeah, I think so. And last night was pretty cool. Last night was was cool, for sure. Very cool. Yeah. I thought it would be a great idea to take a shower at about midnight. (laughs) Did you? I did. He did. (laughs) And I ran over and snagged a shower and it was freezing did we there, talk about even the with the warm water yeah the, the showers are all outside yeah yes. open air yes some of them are open top yes even this morning the open air toilet toilet oh there's one of those places the open air toilet was cold oh. as it blew stuff right up my bunghole <laughs> yeah no it was it uh i ran and took a shower this morning i got up at about seven fifteen or so and decided i would hop into the shower so it's cold it was cold outside but that water is so nice and warm it's just hot and it was perfect i was like i don't want to get out of here no. and uh at el cosmico they furnish everybody with uh robes and towels and um so you can just run over to the shower in your robe, shower up, and then go back to your hut or your uh, yurt or your trailer. Oh, no, the trailers had their own showers. 
Yeah, the trailer. I didn't get a robe. You got a robe? Yeah, you didn't get a robe? No, I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, they had robes. So I just ran back naked. <laughs> ran back naked. They were like, uh, we do not recommend that you walk around El Cosmico barefoot because of goat head spurs. Ooh, stepped in one. <laughs> did you really? Sure did. Damn. And there was something else. There was another reason why, but it was like, we we, we do not recommend that you run around barefoot in uh, at El Cosmico. And Something special about those outdoor showers. I don't know. It's It feels it's, great. It I want amazing. an outdoor shower. I, I have always I wanted an outdoor shower. Yeah. I want one because there's something about even at home taking a shower outside in the summer. Yeah. That would be perfect. Burning hot and you just go out there like uh, you mow the lawn. Yeah. Hop in the shower. You just go into the outside shower. You just strip down and spray yourself off. They're great. There's something about them that are great. And I saw a really cool one that was made very well. And I may use it for inspiration one day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was my very first outdoor shower. And it was awesome. I would definitely highly recommend it to everybody. Y'all never had did outdoor showers in California? I mean, the at the at the beach, yeah, but like basically when you're at the beach and you're in the outdoor shower, you're just rinsing off Sand. your your feet and stuff. Yeah, you're not actually like taking a shower. Yeah. Only the homeless people on Venice Beach strip probably. down and yeah. take showers on the beach showers? Yeah, probably. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So how far away are we from Sandhills? It seems like we should I just be really saw a close. sign that said 207 miles from Abilene. Yes. And we when are, we get to Abilene, we're two hours away from home. Yep. Well, see, we are here in Monahans right now. We've entered the, oh, okay. the town of Monahans. Okay. And we're a little bit past Monahans. I'm showing 8.4 miles to exit 86. Very cool. And then we'll get off. And we'll do some sand surfing. Nice. I want food. Food? Is that what you just said? Yeah. I think oh, Tex-Mex is the only thing out here. All right. We'll figure something out. Should we wrap up this little portion of well, the podcast? Or yeah. do we have more to talk about? We no, I'm pretty we good. just about everything. Like yeah. I said, this has been a, a blast. Um, the it's only thing amazing. you probably won't hear is the rest of our drive. Um, we have one more state park to hit up after Monahans. It's called Monahans, Colorado City. Colorado City, which will be a quickie. Yeah. And then we're we're in. We're home free. Yeah, for sure. We're going to drive by uh, Palo Pinto's State Park. Not open Palo yet. Pinto Mountain State Park. We'll just wave at it because it's still being constructed. Yes. And uh, just do our, you know. And if you're listening to this episode on the Fort Worth Roots uh, podcast, this is part four. There are three more episodes. Go over to the Jerry Jonestown Massacre podcast, and uh, you can hear about the rest of our trip. And if you're listening to this on the Jerry Jonestown Massacre podcast, go over and listen to the Fort Worth Roots podcast. And hear the same. And (laughs) the Fort Worth Famous podcast. Hey, thanks. We are the new order of Fort Worth podcast. Pod, That's right. We should come up with a name for that. Yeah, we need to come up with a name for it. Yeah. So, yeah, go check them out. Um, and, yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah. Peace. Always. Donate. Click and subscribe. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. 
Hope y'all enjoyed part four of the Big Ben trip. I got a patch out of this thing. The uh, Jerry Jonestown Massacre, Dustin Snyder, gives out a patch to the people brave enough to join him on these camping excursions. And we humbly accepted one of these patches. Uh, <laughs> proud to be part of a, a very uh, exclusive fraternity of people that have uh, ventured out and made this trip. Dustin, thank you for having me out. Uh, Susie, thank you for putting up with me. And Stubbs, we're so glad that you made it back alive. We're not really sure how you did it, but you, you made it. And we're so proud of you. And Mandy, my goodness, you've, you've got your hands full. Thank you for taking care of all of us. Mandy was the doctor. There were other names for Mandy on this trip, but I considered her uh, my doctor. And uh, a very generous caregiver of the Mr. Matt Stubbs. Really fun group. I'm not kidding when I tell you this uh, was life-changing. It was. It was life-changing for like a week. And it's a pity that whenever you go on excursions like this or you visit another part of the world or you do anything that kind of opens your mind up to different ways of living life, that you can really only hold on to that idea for a week or two. And then it's back to the, the grind, punching the clock, living life, being an adult, and you kind of lose focus on the stuff that you felt like you were learning, really important stuff. I'm doing a bad job of explaining this, but if you've been on a trip like this, then you know what I'm talking about. You feel like you've reached a new understanding of life and the universe, <laughs> and then you get back to work and it just all quickly fades away which is why I think it's important to get out and uh, experience these places. You heard, a, you heard us talk about it in the episode. We got our uh, state park passports, and uh, I, I want to start hitting these up. I want to make it a concerted effort to go to these state parks and just get away from the city for a minute. I love Fort Worth, and you know I, I talk about it incessantly, but uh, you got to get away from the lights. You got to get away from the traffic got to get away from the clouds of brake dust that are constantly filling your lungs. And we had a chance to do that, and it was sincerely life-altering for like two weeks until we got back, back to regular old stuff. But to everybody that was out on this trip with us, thank you so much for being there. Our buddy Jim was our, our chef the entire trip. Uh, dude cooked up some gourmet meals on the fly with limited equipment and absolutely no help from the uh, people that were eating his food. I mean, he he wouldn't even accept it. Like, Jim, you need some help? No, leave me alone. This is my kitchen out here next to the, next to the cactus fighting off the armadillos and the coyotes. It's a good trip. Hope we get to do it again soon. <sighs> If, you, if you're not looking at this on the, uh, the YouTubes, I uploaded all the pictures and the videos from this trip, and uh, I, don't, I don't know that you're going to have the same emotional connection to these pictures that I do, but I love looking at these pictures, and it makes me mad at myself that I'm not there right now. <laughs> it's right there. It's just a hunk of land. You can go there anytime you want. The really special thing about this, and I think we talked about it in the episode, but just the, the zero light pollution. You can look up at the skies at night and you can see just how tiny you are in uh, the big scope of things. It's unbelievable. You think you've seen stars? You haven't seen shit.
until you have sat in a zero light pollution environment and peered up with the naked eye into the vastness of the universe. And I encourage you to do that. You, you need to do that. Plan a trip to Big Bend or find yourself another, uh, uh, I, I can't remember what they call it. There's like classifications for uh, how dark the sky is. And it gets no darker than where we were at over there in Big Ben. So, but if you can find another spot like that, do it. Get out of the city. Just go look up at the stars like a turkey in the rain. All right. On to sponsors. Let's do this. Pouring Glory, 1001 Bryan Avenue, Fort Worth, Texas, just off South Main Street, I-35, one block. Yeah, screwed that up. <laughs> just off South Main Street and I-35, one block north of Rosedale, Pouring Glory is a growler refilling station that serves craft beer and award-winning food with live music. You people have turned. <laughs> you people have turned me. You people have heard me talk about this place uh, a lot, and I like it. And that's the reason that we reached out them to them uh, for sponsorship because we wanted to uh, connect with people that we use their services and we believe in what they're doing. Pouring Glory is not just a great place to get award-winning food and great beer on tap. Uh, the people there are just excellent. Scott being the uh, primary uh, excellent person out there, but he's uh, assembled an excellent crew of folks. Um, it's just a really good vibe. And if you got a doggo, you got a fur baby, they got a great outdoor area, take them out there, specifically on Sundays. It's always dog-friendly, but if you take them out on Sundays, they've got Dog Park Sunday. And they lock up the gates. Dogs get to run free off the off the leash and just be dogs and uh, hang out with people and other fur babies. So it's a good thing. Check it out. Uh, their burger of the month is always changing. And I've got my go-to food that I get when I go there. But at least once a month, I got to have the burger of the month because it's it's always excellent. It's ridiculous. I don't know how they keep coming up with new stuff and surprising me each and every time but pouring glory folks and we are going to this is the first time i'm talking about this you're going to hear about it non-stop until the event september 23rd please put that on your calendar the date has been set a lot of wheels are in motion we have contacted cook's children hospital and we're trying to figure out what they require in order for the, us to put their name on the ticket but scott has given me permission to uh give them five percent from all the purchases, all the the food, and I, I don't know if that covers beverages or not. I'll get some clarification on that. But 5% of the proceeds from that event are going to go to Cook's Children's Hospital with permission. I still need to talk to these folks and just make sure we're crossing T's, dot and I's and all that good stuff. So, But that's one of the big things. Uh, we've got four bands that we're going to put on stage for you. We've got three of them that are confirmed. We've got Cassandra May Laurence. Uh, Itchy Richie and the Burning Sensations and Late to the Station is coming back for year two. Itchy and Late to the Station played for us last year. Uh, it was a great event. And the vendors, uh, as far as I could tell, I tried to talk to everybody I could, and the vendors were really happy with uh, their spots and the participation and the amount of traffic and sales and all that good stuff. We are looking for, I think at this point we have seven or eight spots left for vendors. Now we want you to be from Fort Worth. If you're from around the area, that's fine too. We're not going to tell you, okay, well, you're from Burleson, so no. But we do want Fort Worth people to come out and show us all their good stuff. So um, if you're interested in being a vendor for this event, 
hopefully by the time you get to me, I've still got a spot. Uh, they're filling up fast. Um, hit me up media at fortworthroots.com is our email and the, uh, the fee that we're charging for the spaces this year are going directly to the musicians. So whatever you give us for the boost space is going right into our artist community. I'm excited about that. Anyway, it's going to be a good event. There's more details to roll out. Uh, last year I started planning for this in April and I wish I had started planning for this this past April, but we've had a lot of things going on as you're aware of uh, as far as events and all that. And anyway, we're, we're going to knock this one out of the park, folks. I need you to be there. I'm asking you personally, me to you, please come to this event. Uh, again, that is September 23rd. We're going to do it from 11 to 6 this year. And we're going to have vendors, special food menu, live music. Uh, we're going to try to get some swag ready for you at the gate. So when you come in the door, we'll be handing you some free stuff. So, And the uh, musicians will have their tip jars out. And Fort Worth Roots is going to have a tip jar out this year. If you'd like to support the musicians and the Fort Worth Roots podcast, you'll have options to do that. Body Machine Fitness, 2300 West 7th Street, Fort Worth, offers a truly one-of-a-kind fitness experience. Your first class has already been paid for. Go to www.bodymachinefitness.com to schedule your first high-energy cardio strength group fitness class with best in industry trainers, cutting-edge audio and lighting system. Show up early or stay after the class for the IR sauna and nutritious snacks in the lobby. We're trying to put a group together. We want a Fort Worth Roots posse, and we show up on a certain day to do the body machine fitness stuff. So if you're looking for fewer and fewer excuses to get your ass in shape, here's one for you. Join us. Be part of the team. Uh, like I, I just read off here a minute ago, the first class is paid for, so you got nothing to lose. Come check it out. McFly's Pub, 6104, LTG, LTJG Barnett. What does that even mean? Anyway, it's over there by the base. It's just outside of River Oaks. Like, it's it's in River Oaks, but it's technically Fort Worth. Look it up on your maps. Easy to find. McFly's is a 1980s Back to the Future themed bar with a very impressive outdoor area and fire pit. Hang out and bring some friends for pool, darts, cornhole, Jumba Django. Uh, what does that say? Ah. Catch a live event <laughs> uh, every Tuesday. They got uh, Tommy Luke and Dippy Dog out there doing a uh, open mic night. And then they've got musicians all the time. There's always somebody on stage out there at McFly's. It's a cool deal. Check it out. You're going to like the vibe. Uh, lots of activities there. Very interactive bar. And the outdoor area is absolutely insane. I'm a big fan of the fire pit. I talk about that a lot because I like sitting by the fire pit and talking to cool people. It's good stuff. Check it out. McFly's Pub right here in Fort Worth. Cowtown Nutrition, we talked about them at the beginning of the show. They're located at 5430 River Oaks Boulevard. They offer a healthy alternative to that compulsory fast food craving. You can also load up on your favorite Herbalife products and learn about their fitness groups that they hold on location at Cowtown Nutrition. Check them out on Instagram at Cowtown underscore nutrition. And I'm going to try to put that episode out this week if I can. But we have a sponsorship episode with uh, April from Cowtown Nutrition where we talk a lot about 
what they got going on, what gave them the idea, how they got started, and what they're into now. And uh, I share a, a personal story of uh, when I was on Herbalife uh, consistently uh, for a couple of months and uh, the changes I saw in my body type uh, going from fat ass to rock hard muscle. <laughs> Anyway, it's a good product. Uh, it's a great location, and uh, the people there are just absolutely excellent. Um, and you got to check them out. And if you need another reason to like them, they're supporting the local Fort Worth artistic community by being sponsors of the Fort Worth Roots podcast. So, April and all the people over there at Cowtown Nutrition, thank you very much for being sponsors. Woodpost Metalworks. You can go to woodpostmetalworks.com. Offer code PODCAST817. will get you 10% off on checkout. They specialize in metal signs with or without LED backlighting, fence and gate repair or installation, light steel fabrication, industrial plasma cutting, and more. There are websites that you could probably go to where they make this stuff in China. But you can get it right here. This is something that... Uh, and when I say that, I'm not telling you that you can get exactly what they have in somewhere somewhere other than Fort Worth. You could get something similar, but you're not going to get something as uh, custom and uh, something where people put as much pride into their work as our friends over at Woodpost Metalworks. Uh, and they're going to give you a discount. And they're local here in Fort Worth. And you've heard me say it a thousand times if you listen to the podcast for any length of time. Let's keep Fort Worth dollars in Fort Worth pockets. Woodpost Metalworks has been putting up signs for businesses all over town. They've been extremely active. Kind of a rags to almost riches story he had a full-time job and decided he was going to branch out on his own started off doing little stuff and they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and now you can't hardly drive down a street in fort worth and pass a business without seeing one of their signs we're extremely honored to have them as one of our sponsors and you just absolutely got to check them out they do stuff for businesses but they can also do some really clever artwork for your living room or uh, maybe your man cave Whatever you got. You got an idea? They can do it. And they can do it in steel. That stuff lasts forever. Hawk Walker Originals. You can go to HawkWalker.com. They offer a huge variety of unique and personalized, excuse me, personalized gifts. Also laser, laser engraving to customize just about anything you can think of. Uh, and I'm always telling people about the, the mugs they made for our last September event. They took these tumblers and they put them through their machine. And whenever they came out the other side, they had crisp clean super badass uh laser engraved my fort worth roots logo on every one of these mugs they're a huge hit and i hope we have enough uh, sponsorship dollars to uh, get some more of those going for you this year because we want to do uh giveaways like we did last year at the last annual event Roofing Solutions by Darren Hauk. If you've been listening to the show for the past year and a half, you have heard us talk about this amazing fella here. Darren and his family have been taking care of the Fort Worth Roots podcast for a very long time. And you can go to roofingsolutionshauk.com to learn more about their incredible uh, services and products. You can also call them at 817-882-6520 to schedule a roofing tune-up. And typically industry standard this is a $500 uh, product or service excuse me and uh, just by mentioning the Fort Worth Roots podcast you can get 50% off of that what they'll do is they'll get up on your roof they'll check your uh, pipe jacks and vent covers and make sure that the sealant around the edges of these things hasn't deteriorated due to being exposed to the elements this does happen and whenever it does happen that stuff flakes off the sealant 
flake off and now you've got a point of entry for moisture this can be a big deal you you won't know until it's way too late <laughs> i'm not trying to scare you i'm just saying you need this periodically ideally you'd want to do it every year have somebody get up there and just take a look at it now if darren gets up there and he uh him or somebody from one of his crews gets up there and takes a look and says you know what there's more damage up here than we can do with a roofing tune-up They'll probably take some pictures. They will take some pictures. They'll take some pictures. They'll come down the ladder. They'll show you what they got going on. They'll say, hey, look, I'm not going to be able to do the roofing tune-up for 250 so we need to contact your insurance company. You don't owe us anything, but we need to take care of this, so let us help you through that process, and that's what that looks like, but hopefully they get up there. They take a look. They seal up your pipe, pipe jacks and vents and uh, anything else that needs just basic uh, sealant and they come back down off the roof and they go, you know what? Your roof looks great. We sealed up some pipe jacks and uh, you're good to go for another year. That's best case scenario. And best case scenario is hard to find if you've had a roof uh, covering your home for more than 10 years and nobody's been up there to look at it. Uh, you live in North Texas. It's a rough place for a roof. Anyway, give them a call. 817-882-6520. Tell them you heard about it on the uh what is this? Fort Worth Roots Podcast. And if you'd like more information because you don't need to listen to some silly podcaster telling you where to get your roof, go check it out yourself. Roofing Solutions, Houck, H-O-U-K dot com. And you can find them on all the things. The reason that we're so comfortable talking about Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck is because we looked at his ratings and you can't find a platform out there. Think of a platform, Google, Angie's List, whatever. Go there, look at the ratings, and you're not going to find anybody that's got a better rating than these guys. All right, that's it. We talked about roofing solutions. We talked about Hawkwalker Originals. We talked about Wood Post Metalworks, Pouring Glory, Body Machine Fitness, McFly's Pub, and Cowtown Nutrition. We are still looking for sponsorship so that we can get the ball rolling for our 2024 music series. It's a live music series. We're going to do it at different venues all over town. And we're going to try to uh, create a space for our Fort Worth musicians, give them another paid stage that they can perform on. So if you would like to do that, if you'd like to have your uh, logo on everything that we do uh, while we're in this live music series um, at all the different venues we go to all over the, the city of Fort Worth, hit us up, media at fortworthroots.com. I've got an entire packet put together. Uh, explaining what we're up to, what we're about, and uh, how we're going to get this music series uh, off the ground. This is year one, and uh, we're going to keep doing this. So what we'll do is we'll kick this thing off, hopefully in February. just depends on sponsorship. might go as late as March before we kick it off. Uh, but the last iteration of this is going to be September next year out at uh, Pouring Glory. That's where we've been doing our, our annual event. So we're going to keep that trend uh, through 2024. And um, so different location every month, all the way up till September, and then we'll end it at Pouring Glory. And every musician that played on every one of those stages across Fort Worth, um, we're going to put them on one stage for you in one day at one really badass festival. So if you're interested in helping me support these musicians and get your name out there to the public, um, hit me up, media at fortworthroots.com. And it's not too late to sponsor us. Uh, 
in order to get your name up at this year's September event. And we got a table up front where you can put your koozies or whatever branded uh, material that you might have, pamphlets or whatever, and start passing that out to the community. All right. That is a 20-minute outro. <laughs> I think we covered a lot of good material. Let's, uh, let's call it a night, and I'll see you next week. Thank you all for listening, and uh, I love you. Mean it. Bye.